You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to NSPS Radio Hour. I'm your host, Kurt Sumner. Glad you can be with us on another early Monday morning for some and a not-so-early Monday morning for others. But uh, nonetheless, I'm glad to, uh, to be with you this morning. Today, I have two guests with me. One is Gary Thompson, whose name will be familiar probably to almost anybody who ever listened to this show. Uh, Gary is the North Carolina State Advisor for um, uh, pretty much everything. I'll let Gary tell you a little bit more about that in a moment. And Scott Martin is, is out in California. Thank you guys for joining me today. You're thanks. welcome. Glad to be with you. Yeah, glad to be with you. And thanks, Scott, for getting up earlier than the rest of us have to to, to join us. Of course, I, surveyors, the fact that we're at 11 and you're only three hours behind, so it's 8 o'clock there, being a survey, you've already been at work two or three hours, right? I've been here two hours already, Kurt, so you're <laughs> right about that. That's, that's the way it normally works, isn't it? Yes, sir. That's for sure. So, uh, Gary, I'm glad you were able to make it. I, I wasn't sure when you said that you had to be in the meeting what, what it was all about, but uh, I'm glad you were able to to make it to be here with us this morning. Well, glad to be with you, Kurt. What we started uh, um, talking about with, with Scott and Gary for today's show is sort of an extension of the conversation I had a while back on the show with some of the folks up at NGS with regard to the regional advisor program that NGS has had for a long, long time and is, I don't know if revamping or at least changing uh, in a fairly significant way in the near future. I guess that's already in process, and uh, Scott and Gary can talk to us a little bit about that. And going to uh, not a state advisor program but a regional one, which means that it's important for the states themselves to have someone local who coordinates with that regional advisor on matters of state issues, and you guys will talk about this in a more intelligent way than can I, but uh, I, my perspective is that that state uh, coordinator will end up being the person that folks would go to as often, if not more often, than what will now be their regional advisor, because some of those regions are, are pretty big. Am I, am I capturing that fairly well? Uh, that's correct. That's correct. Yes, that's that's the case out here. Our, our uh, advisors spread over a much bigger area now, and so uh, uh, NGS is looking for the state geodetic control coordinators to uh, um, step in and help uh, cover uh, the territories for them. Do the do the state coordinator positions um, necessarily have to be a state agency, or could it be? I'm not sure why anybody might do this as a private surveyor, but could it be someone who isn't part of a state agency? I, I just don't know what the rules are. Well, uh, this is Scott. Um, in the document that NGS has put together that envisioned uh, what the coordinator role might be, I, I think that document uh, says it prefers that it be a, a state or a university advisor, you know, for a university based in that state or employee. Um, but I know that there's at least one um, state coordinator up in Wyoming uh, who's a BLM employee. So it's not a requirement, but I think it's strongly encouraged by NGS. And, it, and like you said, Kurt, it makes sense that it would be 
um, often state DOT or in Gary's case, I think they have a uh, geodetic, you know, geodetic survey group specifically for this. So, um, so yes, I, I think they prefer it, but it's not mandatory. Yeah, and, and I guess it kind of makes sense too, because if it were going to be a private entity, that would be a for-profit uh, group of people who probably wouldn't have an interest in doing all the work that a state coordinator would have to do because that that position being a a government or quasi-government is one, if I understand this correctly, is one in which the information is provided. Is, is it at no cost to the people who are looking for the information, or how does that part work? Gary, you want to address that first? Right. So, um, it, it, as a coordinator here, in us being a state agency, uh, we provide that information at no cost as, as a service to that. And I would think if it if it would be a coordinator that was from the private sector, um, they would follow the same kind of rationale that we would that they would assist every call them to provide them information uh, without any cost. Right. And I guess that's true for you too, Scott. That that's correct. There's no cost. Yeah. Um, my appointment actually was through the California Spatial Reference Center, but my full-time employment is with State DOT, and um, the same as Gary stated, uh, we don't charge for any of the services we provide uh, to uh, interested parties. And what level of, of information are we actually talking about? I mean, I'm thinking back to the old days when I used to make my trips over to the NG office, NGS office, which is fairly close to where, where I am, and just... Uh, spend a good part of my time having a good conversation with, with Dave or one of the guys over there and, and uh, get whatever information I, I needed. And I assume there's is there uh, limits on what's available or what, what all could one expect to f- be able to ask for if they were to come to one of your two offices? Well, uh, in, in my case here in North Carolina, we, um, we try to provide them you know, all the expertise that we have here in North Carolina. And if, and that's the one good part about the coordinator and the advisor program. If they call us about something that we don't have the uh, expertise or someone to help them with, then we, we've, over the years, have developed contacts at the National Geodetic Survey that we would know who to tell them to contact or assist them, contact them to help them provide the information. So so the coordinator and the advisor is, is, a, is a great resource for information that they have, plus if, if it's information they're not familiar with, who to contact and then save those users from having to spend time trying to work through their system to find the information. So it's kind of a, a team or a, um, a reference, so to speak, that they could go through either one or the other and, and, and get to the information they need uh, without having to get, search a lot of different places. They could just come to one or the other of you two guys, uh, not you two, but the, the advisor or the coordinator, and then be connected to that other person if they need to go there. That, that's correct. And, you know, if it's a coordinator in their state, they're probably uh, more familiar with that person. They could contact the coordinator, and then the coordinator work with the regional advisor, um, and then with the NGS also or other federal agencies also. So it's a great team effort. Uh, it's worked well here in uh, North Carolina and South Carolina that way. And is it, 
I don't know how to ask this question exactly, but I know, Gary, you and I have known each other a long time, and, and I know your office has been in existence for probably longer than I've known you, I guess. Um, but is am I correct that this is sort of a new thing for some of the states, or maybe if not new, maybe a different um, approach than, than somebody in a state might have taken back in the days when there still was a, a state advisor? It is because um, some states, we we have a state advisor here in North Carolina, and I'm also the coordinator. So some states don't have an advisor or a coordinator. So it's going to be a, uh, a new role for them. But I think what they'll find out, it's a very good role because it will provide them resources that maybe in the past they didn't know they had access to. So, um, so it, it will be a learning experience in some states, but it will be a very good learning experience because it will open up the avenues that will be available to them. Is is the state advisor thing fairly commonplace out where you are at this point, Scott? Well, uh, I, I'm the first one appointed here in California, uh, and that occurred, I think, in March of this year. So um, we aren't nearly as mature as, as Gary's program is. But I concur with the, uh, uh, the things that he shared about uh, it, it's going to be a good experience. It already has been a good experience, and it's very much a, uh, a network of uh, resources, whether um, you know, I personally have the information that people are seeking or can guide them to the right resources, whether it's uh, back up to the uh, NGS advisor or down to a local, uh, say, a county surveyor or through the California Spatial Reference Center. Um, so it's it's very much serves as a, a central point of contact for folks that are um, looking for some guidance, um, and, and we, we very much uh, encourage folks to do that rather than just kind of wing it or try and figure figure things out. And, for example, one of the things that uh, we deal with, and I know Gary does too, is, is title datums, and that's not a, a very um, intricately understood um, topic with land surveyors. So if they get in an area or, or get a project that uh, is going to require working with title datums, uh, we much rather them come to to you know through us to help them um, work their way through that issue and and make sure they're uh, well versed to uh, to handle the project at hand so very much a, a, a team effort but uh, it does really help to have a, a central point of contact um, and as Gary Gary said there was you know several states that had state coordinators um, and we had a state advisor we were actually the partner with NGS from 91 to uh, 1991 when our first advisor came on, or state um, NGS advisor, up until um, our advisor went regional um, last year. So so this is new for us, um, and there's now, uh, there was nine for many, many years, and now there's 15 listed on the NGS advisor page. So I think it's growing pretty quickly in states that didn't previously have a geodetic coordinator, which is a good thing. Yeah, I, I think that's that's absolutely true. That everybody would like to have someone close at hand, so to speak, that that they can deal with. And and another question I want to ask, and we're only a minute and a half from our break, so I don't necessarily want to jump right into it. Uh, but maybe we can think about it as, as we go to break. As I'm as I'm thinking in my mind about this whole concept of the uh, the local surveyor, the you know the small business owner like uh, Sumner Consulting was for years. 
um, and, and I'm looking for information for a particular location, whether it's in you know my county or in my town or wherever I may be looking for, for information or for help. Um, historically, I don't know that there's always been someone at that level that I, I could necessarily go to, yet I think most localities do have some kind of geodetic presence, or at least uh, maybe for the lack of a better term, the keeper of the coordinates, so to speak, for, for that locality that you have to tie into for your local work, which, of course, is tied to the overall framework as well, or at least we would hope that it is. So I guess the question that I want to get to when we come back is, is there a, a prescribed role or prescribed methodology where all the information flows down, if it's the right terminology, for from the, the regional to the state to the folks on the local level uh, on a routine basis, and just how frequent is it that a local person would even exist. So maybe y'all can think about that a little bit while we go to break, and we'll come back in just a couple of minutes. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com. That's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. As we were going to break, I was kind of summarizing a, a, a thought that came into my head in terms of the the hierarchy is not the right word, but the the flow of information one way or the other from from the the upper level of of the NGS side to the state level to the local level to the individual surveyor who's going to be involved in in all these things and and I know there are some companies out there that help local surveyors and and actually have a business model that they do that kind of thing but I just sort of was was seeking your your input from you guys on 
on how, how all that would go together. And I knew during the break we, we even talked a little bit about the whole blue booking process and opus and that kind of thing. So I'm just interested on y'all's perspectives about, first of all, is, is that, was that the intent? Or even if it wasn't, uh, can it, can it hopefully turn out to be a good byproduct? Go ahead, Gary. So, so um, here in North Carolina, we're fortunate because we have a, a JEDEC survey, and so we've worked with our local officials to um, to collect all the data and have it at one source point for the surveyors and other users here in North Carolina. But, and I think this is uh, kind of a, a blueprint for other states as you have JEDEC coordinators and uh, regional advisors can show the advantage of doing that in other states and work with other states to move that move towards that direction so that um, any user or small company or large company can go to one source and get the, all the information they need. And as you mentioned, Blue Book, and we've been using it here in North Carolina for years, and um, and I know NGS is working to, to modify it to make it, um, I guess, more user-friendly for more people to utilize it so they can get more data into this common database. And then we were talking about Opus database. Um, we're seeing more users take advantage of that to submit their data so they can be shared. And um, they have a product called Opus Projects that I think is where they're heading for that you can submit projects um, more efficiently um, through that process. You you mentioned the the blue booking process and and when we were on break I I made the comment that that's just that term strikes fear in the heart of a local surveyor <laughs> um, and and always has and so um, if I'm hearing you correctly maybe there will be a way where that doesn't have to seem so ominous um, so that more and better data can be incorporated into the system because I'm, I'm assuming that's part of the issue as well because. You know, one of the things we think about all the time is the fact that we have all these these varied sets of data out there that exist uh, about land, and it may be about property boundaries, it may be about control, it may be whatever the case may is. But but there's just all kinds of information out there that never makes it anywhere outside of somebody's office files. Um, so is is this system either planned for or could a could a byproduct be that a lot more information could flow up as well as flow down well i i think that uh what gary mentioned about uh, the opus projects uh ultimately being the replacement for the uh current blue booking method um is is where ngs is headed and as we're talking here i'm thinking about uh the fact that for so you know, for decades and decades, uh, up until uh, cores uh, or continuous stations uh, came to exist, um, we all relied on passive marks on the ground, and um, and that's very much the case on the local level still. Um, I know in California, and I think that the only way we're going to um, keep those passive marks maintained and, and updated positionally for use by the locals is. Um, through a, a system where, like Opus Projects, that uh, we can have local campaigns go out, um, reobserve those marks, submit them, and get them into the national integrated database, so that because uh, NGS has made it clear that they are no longer in the passive survey mark business, and they provided uh, 
tools and and infrastructure for us to use, such as cores and Opus projects, to uh, to maintain those as needed on a local basis. So those are the kind of things that I'm certain um, my coordinator position will uh, be involved in as they as Opus as Blue Booking gets replaced and folks start looking to uh, use that tool. So I don't I don't know, Gary, if you had any thoughts on that, but. In terms well, of what yeah, that but, flow yeah. might look like. Well, that's why I think so. So we have, I guess, a little different role here because we have a state geodetic uh, survey, but we have some states around us, like Virginia, that we offer assistance to. And I, and I think tools like Opus Projects um, will be a, a great tool for states that are just beginning the role that we've been doing uh, in states that have geodetic surveys for a while. And it will make it easier for them to get that data in. And then in the long term, it improves them because that data goes to NGS. They can use it in the development of models and overall improves our ability to use this new new technology for um, for positioning and surveying applications. Is the, is the program and uh, the way it's designed set up such that as a, a state, a coordinator would be created in whatever levels there may be below that person, but certainly at the state coordinator level and then the regional level, I, obviously I would assume that would be part of what I'm going to say. But is there uh, um, a mechanism where all of that information about who your person is that you want to go visit, is all of that going to be available on the NGS site from regional to state? Maybe you don't know the answer. Yeah, it, it, it currently is. If you go to the NGS homepage uh, on the left side, it says uh, Geodetic Advisor, Regional Advisors. And if you uh, click on that tab, it'll take you to a, a map, and then below that map uh, is a listing of all the um, regional advisors, and then the few that are remaining as just state advisors. But that will that transition will be in, done by the end of 2016. And then at the bottom of that page, then, are the state uh, geodetic coordinators that are recognized by NGS, and that's the list I was referring to that now lists, I, I believe, 15, um, up from nine just a few weeks ago. So yeah, that uh, has been how several of the calls I've received, uh, that's how folks found me, um, was on that page. Yeah, and, and speaking of folks calling you, um, has this been... I'm just thinking back through the state societies and that kind of thing that I haven't heard an awful lot of discussion about this. Is that information or that this whole strategy of what's going on and information being filtered down through um, state surveying societies and that kind of thing, or is it you find it if you look for it type of thing? Well, it is in, here, it is in California. I'm not sure about... Uh, um North Carolina, but yeah, absolutely. We're, we work very closely with our state association to uh, to make sure that they push that information out and let let their members know um, there's this resource available. And we do the same thing here in North Carolina, but I think that's um, a role NSPS could play in, in other states where um, maybe the information is not as well known to help um, get that information out to those state societies and make them aware of this valuable resource that's available to them. Yeah, as a matter of fact, that's what I was thinking when I asked that question was, is there a, 
uh, a right, rightful role that we could assume here as being part of the communication process and you know, getting helping people get together and find the information they're looking for, whether it be about the system or if it's about finding someone. And even though it's available on an NGS site or somewhere else, we could help facilitate that. I think by by at least linking to all of those, you know, all those resources. Um, yeah, I think that would be a big assistance to the newer states who are not as familiar with all the information resources available to them. Right. That's a you really know, good point. Somewhere in in our discussion a few minutes ago, um, Steve, you were mentioning the, the whole, or maybe it was Gary mentioned the passive marks thing. I, I think that's another thing that weighs heavily on the minds of surveyors, perhaps out of just not knowing um, what what to expect. But Sometimes I'll hear people say, "Wow, are 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 they doing away with all of our our benchmarks? Is there not going to be anything that we can go find? You know that kind of thing." So I, I, I'm interested in your thoughts on maybe easing people's mind about that, or well, not easing and, their mind. Maybe <laughs> this is Scott, and, and yeah, I mentioned that, and, and I I really believe that. Uh, the tools that they've created, NGS has created, have have been done so to uh, as an indicator that they're they're basically out of the passive mark business, uh, both supporting or recovering, and leaving that to the local entities. Um, and uh, so, so I think our mindset's going to have to change um, if, say, a county has a, a network of passive marks that uh, are in the uh, national part of the national spatial reference system. Um, and they want those positions to continue to be maintained, they are going to have to put together campaigns uh, locally to um, collect that data and, and submit it. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. So maybe yeah. that becomes projects for uh, state societies or local chapters or those kind of things. Exactly. Yeah. Right, and, and there's also benefits, um, you know, we work with the FEMA a lot with our floodplain map, so there's additional benefits from maintaining those those, um, those passive marks related to flood maps. So I, I think the, I believe the passive marks will continue to play a, a vital role in conjunction with the cores uh, for both legal applications and for quality control. So um, here in North Carolina, we will continue to maintain and establish some new passive marks in areas that um, we feel like will benefit our users. So that's a, um, and I, I suppose that a lot of that is is still a collaborative effort. I mean, even if you're doing it in your state, you're you're looking for um, the the local surveyor, so to speak, or the, the the groups of local surveyors to be a, be an assistance in helping with that effort. Is that, I'm assuming that's correct. In our case in North Carolina, yes, we asked them for input, asked them. Where do you need, if there is a need for passing marks, where is the need for it? Um, and we also look at it to help build our um, information we provide to NGS as far as modeling. Where do we need information that will improve the, the models that will be used with satellite position technology? So, so yes, there is a, a role for the local society and local firms to provide assistance. And we do something similar here in California. I've been involved in some very large-scale height modernization campaigns here in California. And, yes, we enlisted uh, um, the 
the assistance of the locals um, to for the field campaign. And part of that was, um, of course, to help uh, defray some costs, but uh, then to kind of uh, hook them into uh, using the marks and perpetuating the use of the marks down at the local level. And uh, so, you know, if they were involved in setting them and observing them, then, uh, then they knew they existed. They knew they were high quality values, and and that model has worked very, very well. Um, and yeah. we will continue. I, to I hate to interrupt, Scott. That's I mean, okay. It's time for us to go to break. So that's okay. Right, we'll be right back. All right. Getting into underground utility location? If so, you'll want to know about the Schoenstatt Instrument Company's MPC kit, a multi-purpose combo for locating both ferrous objects and underground pipes and cables. And because it consists of two instruments in one package, it qualifies for trade-in allowances on two locators. Any kind, any make, any condition. Contact your dealer for details or visit www.shonstat.com. That's S-C-H-O-N-S-T-E-D-T dot com. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number. 800-438-0387 or go to quickstake.com that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E dot com and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. And enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Well, I think we've covered a lot of the basics here in terms of what the program looks like, what it's going to look like. And I do want to talk about looking forward as we get on into the show. One of the things, though, that came to my mind, Gary, when when you were chatting there for me moments ago, and you mentioned this early on in our in our conversation, of course, uh, I was aware of it as well. That the the really the breadth of the things that that your entity does and how you're connected to the to FEMA and the, and the, the whole floodplain issue, and of course that that has its roots from way back back all the way to Floyd, I guess, and probably some yeah. before that. But that certainly got you guys got your attention. I'm sure I know. <laughs> um, but do you think? Um, there's possibilities that is these these state coordinator positions come along and grow that that that's something all the states could or should look toward as well as just kind of you know maintaining the data so to speak well, right because it works you know the, the genetic control has multiple uses and one is um, just 
assist the development in, in support of, of, of DFIRM's digital flood insurance rate maps. And so I think as a state, they develop a coordinator. They need to keep that in mind that there's multiple users out there. And, um, for example, in the FEMA community rating system, there's communities can get points, which helps reduce their insurance rate for maintaining benchmarks. Uh, for establishing coolers, so so there's a, a something that supports both federal agencies, but it's good for the community. So all those things, the coordinator um, could assist the state and the local governments to to move forward on that. Yeah, and, and that's that's actually good information because I'm not sure people would typically think of that role in what we're discussing because we tend well, to think I, of the you know geodetic control just being for our for our land survey purposes, not necessarily for 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 other other types of work. So that that's a really good point. Well, and was mentioned earlier about tidal datums. All the coastal states um, again another use um, both for legal applications for flood mapping um, for a lot of things that the geodetic control is used for that the geodetic coordinator could assist again the local government, state government with that. Yeah, and it, and it could be. I don't know. I'm just kind of shooting off the top of my head here, Jerry, as we're talking. But I, I'm, I'm thinking that that kind of collaboration through this whole structure that we're putting together here might even make um, the the whole concept that a lot of people have been interested in over the last quite a few years now of expanding that that uh, uh, program that you guys have in in, in North Carolina, the Certified Floodplain Surveyor thing. Right. Um, I, I, yes, I think that's something that could be put on the radar system, by, radar by the by the coordinator, and allow them to share information. We here in the last month uh, here in North Carolina, we've received probably four or five states have shown interest in the uh, certified floodplain surveyor program. So again, another benefit of a coordinator regional advisor to show that connection between that control and, and other applications. And I think probably that person would be in a better position to draw that connection than even if, the, say, the state surveying society went to to the state government or someone and said, this is a great idea. Perhaps that person who's the designated coordinator uh, pulling all the pieces together, if you will, would, would maybe even be in a better position to help uh, other folks understand the importance of all that. Right, and, and as you know, the CFS program requires a team effort. And yep. you're, I think you are correct. If the coordinator can kind of be the, the facilitator of that to help pull that team together, their chance of success will be much better. Yeah, and, I, and Scott, I'm not sure if you even know what that program is because we, we've been working with it for quite a few years, and it took hold in North Carolina really because of Gary and his office as much as anything else and their connections with, with FEMA, but there's been interest in it all across the country, and it's just been hard to try to implement. And, and I'm seeing what's happening here as maybe another way of, of providing that level of, of uh, opportunities for the states and for the, for the surveyors in the states to be better educated and, and, and prepared to deal with these issues related to, to flood and flood insurance and and letters of map amendment and the whole thing. 
Well, uh, up until our discussions uh, last week and then this, now this morning, I, I have to admit I wasn't aware of it, and I've been making notes, uh, realizing I need to go back and and visit this. Um, certainly we have our issues with flooding here in California. We've uh, done some very significant uh thousands and thousands of square miles of floodplain mapping in the last few years and uh it sounds like something that uh I in my new role should investigate more and figure out how I can get uh more involved with uh perhaps promoting this in California and as Gary said it would be a team effort but uh I think a, a state designated coordinator would certainly have some traction in helping to see that come to fruition. So I will take this back as a as a uh, action item and, and follow up on it. I'm, it's nice to be exposed to it. I you know one of the things, and Gary can talk to this better than can I, but one of the things they've learned in North Carolina is that there's an interest in this. Uh, people are coming from other states to, to get involved in it there. And and I think the, the missing piece, perhaps, Gary, has been what we're talking about right now. Maybe that's been the missing piece because it's hard for a, a local chapter or even a state surveying society to to kind of take this on without any uh, infrastructure to tie it to. Um, so maybe, maybe this is a good way to to help everybody out. It, it certainly helps the surveyors. I don't think there's any question about that in the work that they end up doing. Um, you don't have you don't have to be a coastal state for this to be an issue. No. Right. Right. Yeah, we continue to get positive comments from our local officials about the benefits of the CFS, um, and so um, and we have been doing it for since uh, I guess early 2000s, and and we're prepared. We're putting the information together so we can share it with other states, so that if other states are interested in it on the program, that uh, we can provide them resources that we've developed here in North Carolina, along with. Yeah, like I said, it was a team effort. NSPS, FEMA, um, State Society here, the North Carolina Society of Surveyors all worked together to develop and, and continue to um, use the program. Yeah, and, you know, thinking about it from the perspective of having that that local uh, Scott Martin-type office uh, be a part of this, I think, uh, lends, lends itself really well to the whole process because um, then it's not, a bunch of private guys saying, "Hey, we need this." It, it actually is is recognized as something valuable by uh, an entity that's there for the for that purpose. You know, not not that specific purpose, but for the overall purpose, and has the uh, opportunity to uh, to help facilitate it going through. And then where maybe, like I said, a state serving society, or even we, in many cases, don't have that kind of uh, influence. If that's the right word, right. Yeah, and I, again, I'm making more notes because, um, and as opposed to the way Gary's uh, organization set up, you know, my my daytime job is with uh, in transportation, and and you know we don't have any um, role necessarily in floodplain mapping or flood control, but um, the California Department of Water Resources certainly does, and and um, I worked there many years, so I'm going to follow up with them because I think they would have a. Um, a role in this and, and be uh, have a strong voice in promoting this. So I'm going to follow up with our state water resources flood control people to um, to engage them as well. Yeah, and, and I think one of the big selling points that, and, and again, I don't want to talk for Gary, but from my, my view, my perspective of how it's worked there, is that it, it's provided an opportunity for uh, the surveying community to be better better informed about process it's not necessarily that you're teaching them how to go do the work 
but it's it's certainly teaching about process and how to be a valuable a better higher value asset to the general public that that we serve on these types of issues. Right, and, and to also save time and effort by FEMA so that the packages that are submitted by CFS are um, well prepared and take minimum review because of the training process they go through. Right. Yeah. And and Scott, for your for your uh, purposes here, when this thing first got going, it was all about Lomas, and I guess Loma Loma RFs is that right, Gary? Correct. Um, mm-hmm. And the idea was to get expedited review because that, that review took a really long time. And so with this program and FEMA being involved in it, it was intended that somebody who held that certification would get a, an expedited review, which is a benefit to their clients, of course. And and then all these other things that have come out of it, I think, have been sort of icing on the cake, Gary, if that's the right term to use. But that's just, correct. just right. the whole realization of what the real benefit is. Well, it's yeah, Gary. You can expect I'll be following up to uh, to you know get more information from you so that I can start approaching folks at, at our our state uh, level to uh, to float this idea. Because honestly, in my position and and for prior position with water resources, if I didn't know about it, there's probably not anybody else in California that knows too much about it. So it's a good opportunity for for me to get educated and then help push that out. So go ahead, Gary. So I think this is just a, a great example of what coordinators, here we had two coordinators and we shared information. So I think that's a real benefit that other coordinators could see is that once you you can share resources from one another and then transfer that information to other states. And I, I think it creates a role for us, too, to help facilitate that communication. Right. Um, you know, be part of that information process, whether we're part of the of the program or not. That's an entirely different thing, and not that we're not not interested in that. But I just see it as a, a, a good role for an organization like ours to to take on to help facilitate that communication among the the same way we do among the state societies, but among the the, the state coordinators for for that particular issue or others that come up. Well, I, and I can say that without NFPS's support, we wouldn't. Have we wouldn't be where we're at with the program here in North Carolina. So, so it has been totally a team effort. Well, and Gary just touched on something that uh, I would like to mention is is now that the state coordinator uh, position is is growing um, across the country, NGS is recognizing uh, their need to engage us in um, conversation communication. So they've started holding. I think we've only had one, but uh, and then one other was postponed. But uh, they're guys are going to try and do quarterly teleconferences between their regional advisors, their headquarters people, and the state coordinators. So that would be a great forum for information sharing, like uh, Gary was just mentioning, a way to kind of cross pollinate or educate other coordinators, whether they be long existing or or new uh, coordinators in in states that are just joining the uh, program about the resources that are out there, the, the things that have been developed and mature and implemented in, in uh, other states to, to help us get uh, kind of up to speed, so to speak. So great for, forum for uh, information sharing across the country because we have a lot of common issues and, and needs. I agree. Well, it's time for our, our last break here. When we come back, I want to get your thoughts on looking forward and where all this is headed. 
Want to know if your Shonstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Shonstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss trends, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not... Get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for QuickStakes today. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. I'll just follow up uh, one quick thing as on the, on this whole issue we were talking about there in the last segment. I was thinking of roles that we might might be able to play, and I'm thinking that as this conversation uh, that uh, Gary and Scott have started today on this on this whole issue with uh, FEMA issue, FEMA matters, um, and as the state coordinator. Uh, positions begin to be filled, maybe we can serve as a, um, a location, create a way to make the communication among all you you guys, Scott, easier and, and do whatever we can do as an entity to help facilitate, um, you know, taking this forward. Because, as Gary said, we've been involved in it all along anyway, but it seems like we, we might be a good outlet or, for that communication to occur. and. You know, you know, just like with our hydro surveying group and all that, maybe maybe we yeah, even create an entity of sorts yeah, where, where you know, provide a place for people to get there to meet and discuss things and those type of things. So that's just just food for thought as we head as we head down the road on this. Well, I appreciate that, Kurt. And you know, Gary was very clear that they wouldn't be where they are without uh, without y'all's help. So um, I will be uh, probably take you up on that and, and see how we can can benefit from your support. Well, speaking of looking ahead, uh, I will probably, well, I won't say every server in the world, but most people probably have the number 2022 in the back of their mind. Uh, so I guess maybe it might be good to chat a little bit about looking forward and how, how that's moving forward and, and how the whole idea of the, of the regional advisor state coordinators fits into that. Gary, you want to take that first? Yeah, so I, as 
we were talking offline. Um, we all know that um, in 2022, NAD83, North American Down 1983, and NAVD88 will be replaced. And the, I think the coordinator and the regional advisor can help states because, you know, it sounds like a long time off, but it really isn't. You really need to start preparing now. And uh, I think it's a great role for the coordinator and the regional advisors to provide guidance to the states to see who they need to talk to and start preparing, put, uh, such as legislation, what you need to do with local officials to get prepared uh, to make this change so it will, it will go very smoothly and efficiently. Yeah, that's a good point, Gary, that when you just mentioned local officials and all that, I think sometimes we tend to think of it as a surveyor thing, but it's really not just that, is it? That's correct, because it will impact, um, like in our case in North Carolina, our um, our land records management. So we have those in all the counties. We'll pack them. Uh, Looking building inspectors that deal with um, with floodplains. So yes, it will trickle down to almost every level of state government and local government. Yeah, and with uh, with the advent and growth of, of GIS systems, yeah, so many so many other folks besides surveyors are using you know positionally dependent information. And as we switch to a, a completely different reference frame, um, uh, all of those uh, data collection efforts are going to be impacted, as, as Gary said. So we're going to have a key role in educating and helping folks get prepared for that. And and NGS is recognizing that. They've actually assigned uh, Drew Smith to, to lead this effort, and, and uh, he's uh, already pushing and information out, and, and they have monthly webinars that are oftentimes uh, touch on parts or, or aspects of, of this transition that uh, we're all um, going to have to go through. Um, I think some folks, as, as uh, Kurt said, uh, 2022 is on a lot of folks' mind, and, and some folks I know actually uh, um, it's impacting their decision when they're going to retire because they don't want to deal with it. So, <laughs> uh, But uh, the reality is it's coming, and, and uh, coordinators certainly uh, are going to serve a key role and uh, and helping uh, our states and our local uh, governments and other entities and, and non-surveyors to get prepared for it. And, and uh, I think that's going to be a really, really key and, and, and growing role for us uh, as, as that time approaches. Yeah, both of you mentioned that that point that this goes way beyond us and as surveyors. And um, so that, you know, that brings up the, the thought of, what plan there is, or or some, is there some way that all of us work together to to pull the right people uh, in, or pull them together to help share this information um, way beyond just ourselves? I, I, as an example, I was meeting a couple of weeks ago with the uh, Property Records Industry Association, which is primarily people like county recorders, uh, you know. Uh, Clerks, uh, not clerks of court, but register of deeds and those kind of folks, people who work in the GIS departments. And um, it seems that it's, it's a great idea, and hopefully there's a plan. If there's not, maybe we need all to try to work on a plan to, to make sure all those folks are get exposed to what they need to be exposed to as this is moving forward and way before it takes, it takes place. And I, maybe one of you guys knows if there's a plan to bring those people to the table. I, I, I don't know that. 
I don't know at the national level. Um, I know here in North Carolina we've put together a working group to obtain input from a variety of, of users of, of this type of data. So I think, um, and you know, not only just the local officials, but we have to bring in our um, software providers too because that will impact their product that they provide uh, to the user. So. Um, so at the national level, and Scott may can mention more what NGS is doing uh, at the national level, but I think at the state level, um, the coordinator and regional advisors could encourage the states to put together working groups to, to t start taking a look at it and see how it's going to impact and how they want to um, start their transition. Yeah, and, and I suspect... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I suspect that with with the vast amount of people who need to be reached, reached um, it'd be really hard to think one group of people could make all of that happen. And, and as we're talking about that, I'm sitting here thinking about the days of um, the, the days of Zolkowskis and the, and the Dave Doyles and those people showing up at surveying conferences and helping all of us unholy and unwashed surveyors better understand the system. <laughs> um, and, and so I can see that same kind of need uh, out there for, for some group of people to take on that encompasses all this broad groups of people we're talking about, so that the message sort of gets out on a on a big scale. Well, I agree, and I don't know, uh, as Gary didn't either, um, what NGS is doing besides you know kind of using us surveyors as as a, at least the initial point of contact. But it, but I do think they're engaging the uh, software uh, providers uh, like uh, you know Esri and others that uh, are going to be key players in this and. Uh, and then here in California, one of the things that uh, I will be looking to do, in fact, I'm already working with them, is, is the California GIS Council, um, which I think uh, will, will allow us to reach out to that much bigger geospatial community that, that isn't surveyor-centric to, um, you know, to help them understand the impacts on their, uh, on their data uh, products and, and data collection efforts and the tools they'll be using and and how to uh, ultimately marry old and new information together and 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 uh, those types of things. So I, we'll be working through the California GIS Council as, as one of our mechanisms to reach out outside of the surveying community to uh, to help educate and get people prepared to uh, to make the transition. And our state society, uh, surveying society, is also engaged, and we're working on rewriting our public resources code right now to uh, prepare, and as Gary said, it seems like a long time away, but it really isn't. Uh, it'll be on us uh, fairly quickly. Yeah, as we're talking about this, I'm wondering, Gary, if if there's a role for uh, our our group called COGO, Coalition of Geospatial Organizations, to come together and talk through these issues and not necessarily be the mechanism, but just to talk about what you know some sort of implementation strategy i think that would be i was thinking the same thing when you mentioned other users of the data um i think kogo would be a great resource just to get the message out to them because they some of those groups may not realize it will be an impact them when it really will so um yeah yeah i think that would be very good and, uh, and i think nsps could also play a role in um offering or providing speakers like the Dave Doyles of the past, but there's other speakers NGS has now, just to familiarize groups of what's going to happen and what things they should start thinking about. 
Yeah, at least maybe be a place to connect speakers to the people who need them. Um, right. Yeah, absolutely. And Scott, I don't know, I, we talked about COGO and a coalition of geospatial organizations. Um, and, and it's, how many are there, Gary, now? We have like 14, maybe? Yeah, uh, variety right. of, of entities, national entities that are in the old geospatial realm. And this just seemed like sort of a natural thing for them to be talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would highly uh, encourage that. I think that would be reaching out to, you know, a much broader um, audience of geospatial professionals that uh, probably most of them are are clueless that this is coming and, and that they will be impacted. So I think that would be a great forum to, to push this out. Well, we're about two minutes, two and a half minutes from time to be done here so i want to make sure i thank you both for being with me today it's been a great conversation and and as is always the case with our conversations sometimes they go much further than we might have anticipated originally but that's a good thing uh, because it gets us thinking so um it's it's uh, great that you both were able to join me so i, I don't know if either of you have any any last bits of uh, wisdom you'd like to share or uh, or perspectives maybe in the last couple of minutes we have Go ahead, Gary. Well, I don't know if he's still there. Well, I, think I, I he got bumped off. Okay. Well, uh, here in California, um, you know, we 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 have a lot of tectonic plate movement. We have subsidence. We have earthquakes. So, um, you know, my position uh, and and whoever takes it over eventually, uh, and and the and the NGS uh, advisor, we we're never without. Uh, geospatial issues and dealing with epic dates and things like that are really important here in California. And so um, I really appreciate the opportunity to be involved today, Kurt, and uh, I look forward. I, I learned a lot, and uh, I will be following up with you on engaging in SPS to help us with several initiatives that uh, I will be involved with here in California. Yeah, I'm thinking it might be a good idea to, after maybe you and I get together and, and, and with Gary as well, and and look through the list of uh, state coordinators that that's already out there, um, and and maybe get that group thinking about some sort of um, unified effort or unified at least correspondence with each other, and be there to sort of help the new guys as they come along. If if that's a ter- good terminology to use, oh, I think it'd be uh, great because I think some of us are coming into it just you know we've we've been appointed, but we really don't yet know there's no defined program or anything so i think it'd be really helpful well i think i know we would be really happy to help facilitate that and create mechanisms where those discussions could occur and you know create some sort of format so um that that communication takes place so we're we're out of time but i really appreciate you being with me and gary if you're still in hearing distance we appreciate you being with us too I, I just got back, so I'm not okay. back online. But. Just, just in time to go. So sorry, but we've got to go off. Thanks, guys, for being with me. All right, thank you. Have a great day. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.